Today's Bible reading is taken from John chapter 10, verse 1 to 18. Truly I tell you, anyone who doesn't enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in other ways is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper open it, open it for him and calls the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he brought all his own outside, he goes ahead of them. The sheep follow him because they know his voice. They will never follow a stranger. Instead, they will run away from him because they don't know the voice of the strangers. Jesus gave them this figure of speech, but they did not understand what he was telling them. Jesus said again, Truly I tell you, I am the gate of the sheep. All who come before me are the thieves and robbers, but the sheep didn't listen to them. I am the gate. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. A thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come so that they may have life and have it in abundance. I am a good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand, since he is not the shepherd and he doesn't own the sheep, leaves them and runs away when he sees a wolf coming. The wolf then snatches and scatters them. This happens because he is hired hand and doesn't care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own knows me, just as the Father knows me. And I know the Father, I lay down my life for the sheep. But I have another sheep that are not from this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They will listen to my voice. Then there will be one flock, one shepherd. This is why Father loves me, because I lay down my life so that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down on my own. I have the right to lay it down, and I have the right to take it up again. I have received this command from my Father. This is the word of God. Thank you, Jen. A great passage from Scripture. My name is Mike. I'm lead pastor here at Toongabi Anglican Church, and it's great to be with you this morning. And for those people who don't know yet, I'd love to get to know you after the service over a coffee and uh, like hundreds of chocolate eggs. (laughs) There's a story there, I'll tell you later. All right, Uh, it is Good Friday. It is a Good Friday. And as we we try and and look to the cross, that, that wretched cross, We're going to try and hold in tension the seriousness of that and the goodness of that. Because as we look at that cross, the cross that Jesus died on for us, we find both things, the seriousness of it and the goodness of it. It is a little awkward, I will admit, to look at the cross and see its claim upon us. And even as Jesus says in this passage that he is the good shepherd, the one who lays down his life for the sheep, there is a little moment in us that we go, I don't want to be a sheep. (laughs) Nobody wants to be called a sheep. They're cute, they're cuddly, but they're docile and known for just following the herd. Is that you? (laughs) 
Stephen Richards, author of How to Really Become a Millionaire, I trust you're familiar with it, uh, says, you are human, so stop acting as if you were a sheep and start thinking for yourself. Bit of a cliched comment. Also, he goes on to say, when you are surrounded by sheep, then it is easy to become one yourself. (laughs) Not many aspire to be a shepherd either. It's a long way from the tech entrepreneurs and, and global leaders that we put on platforms and aspire to. Being a shepherd is and was a dirty, tough and sometimes dangerous job. In ancient times, it was left for the youngest in the family to do. Good to see nothing's changed there. We look after the, you know, the firstborn, secondborn, third, fourth is like, you'll be right. <laughs> Often shepherds were considered unclean because of the work they did. And so they lived nomadic often isolated lives apart from the sheep. And yet, this morning, I want you to think highly of both the shepherd and the sheep. And so, as we look at Jesus, the good shepherd, I want to give you three reasons why it is a great thing to be a sheep in Jesus' flock. And the first reason is this, we are saved. Verse 9, Jesus says, I am the gate Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. What are you, Jesus, a shepherd or a gate? (laughs) Well, in this kind of parable of sorts, he's both. Uh, You could imagine that in ancient times, uh, they kind of uh, cobbled together stone pen, as it were, or fence for for sheep to kind of uh, dwell in, to find protection in, would have a gap in it. Uh, And that gap would be the way that sheep would come in and go out. Where do you think the shepherd would sleep at night? Across the gate, across that gap, to protect the sheep. That is what Jesus means, to be both the shepherd and the gate. And of course, the gate and the walls act as a protection for the sheep. And as we look in the passage, we see mentioned uh, strangers, thieves, robbers, wolves, all mentioned here. What are these threats? Jesus says the thief comes only to steal and destroy, the wolf scatters the sheep. In context, given the previous chapter that we haven't read, but you can flick over if you feel like it, Jesus is referring to failed religious leaders. In the chapter prior, Jesus accuses the religious leaders of being blind. Their hearts were far from God. They loved their position of power. And instead of serving others, they placed a heavy burden of obligation on them. I dare say that we too are sensitive to the spectacular and appalling failure of political, corporate and especially church leadership in various ways. And the media have enjoyed parading around with special enjoyment, cutting down those with a holier-than-thou persona. At the root of such failure is a sinful pride that seeks to replace the shepherd with a sense of one's own greatness. It's the same root failure, root sin, that we all struggle with, to reject God and to take pride in oneself. But in church leadership, it is magnified since they claim to be after God's heart. And as we see in this passage, God is not like that. Instead, the Good Shepherd Jesus promises to serve and protect as we listen to Him. He says in verse 3, to hear His voice and be led. Jesus claims to be able to lead us out 
to pick up on the same kind of imagery of the shepherd from Psalm 23, that ancient and beautiful psalm, to be led out toward green pastures. This is in contrast to the thief who steals and kills and destroys, the one who looks out for only themselves. Jesus offers to save us, both protecting us and leading us into life to the full. But oh, we are so easily satisfied that we would wander off on our own without the shepherd, and that works for a time. But it took the Son of God to lay down His life to protect you. That's the claim of the cross, that's what it takes. What makes us think that we could stand against the enemies of God and even become one in our sinfulness without the protection of the shepherd? without being led into the ultimate and glorious pastures now and forever. Friends, we cannot find that on our own. Oh, we are too easily satisfied. One of the great things about being Jesus' sheep is that we are saved, we are protected. The second reason why I think it's a great thing to be a sheep in Jesus' flock is that we are valued. How much so? Verse 11, the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The way Jesus, the good shepherd, offers us protection and pasture is through his own sacrifice. And that's in contrast to the hired hand, perhaps even the modern worker, who says, I don't get paid enough to do this. (laughs) You you can imagine the substitute, the ring-in guy, you know, like uh, there's the good shepherd who who lays down his life across that gate, protects his sheep, uh, but you know, maybe he's busy one night and brings someone else in to help out and the wolves come, stuff that, (laughs) they do the runner. But this shepherd stays the course. He fights off the enemies to the point where he lays down his own life to save the sheep. Why? They're sheep. Jesus thinks you are worthy of leaving the glories of heaven to enter the dirty, tough and dangerous job of being the Christ, the suffering servant, the great shepherd who lays down his life. And he doesn't do so begrudgingly, all those stupid sheep need saving again. But as it says in Hebrews, later in the New Testament, for the joy set before him, He endured the cross so that we could have life. That is how much you are valued. But what good is a shepherd if he dies? (laughs) Unless, of course, he so thoroughly defeats the power of the enemy and sets us free. And that is the claim of the cross that the power of sin has been defeated as Jesus died on that cross where we should have. And he thinks you are worth that cost. Do you think he's worth following? The third reason why I think it is a great thing to be a sheep in Jesus' flock goes a little bit further than the second point, and that is that we are known. We all aspire to be fully known and fully loved. Think of all the ways we seek that out and crave it. 
And it's a good thing to want that. Jesus says in verse 14, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. They listen to my voice. We might think of shepherds as rounding up the sheep with uh, sheepdogs, motorbikes, uh, driving them from behind, even helicopters maybe. But verse 4, the shepherd goes on ahead and leads them. The sheep in this flock want to follow because they know the shepherd. He is safe. He is to be trusted and he's led them many times to pastures that they've enjoyed and he has protected them on multiple occasions. They know him, they listen to him, they follow him. And this shepherd, Jesus, calls his own sheep by name. This sheep, the shepherd has taken the time to identify each sheep. That's quite a skill, I reckon. They all look kind of fluffy and white and similar to me. But this shepherd knows them by name. Oh, how we would look like just ants to the King of Kings, the one who is enthroned in heaven. But he knows you by name. To be a sheep in Jesus' flock is to be known. And if we ponder that, it's both scary and liberating. I remember I went out to a farm uh, when I was a kid. My uncle used to live on a farm near Narromine. And so I've always been a city kid, you know, just got my meat from the shop all shrink-wrapped, didn't really know how it happened. But then I go to the farm and I was like, oh, that's how it happens. Um, And, uh, you know, I I had in mind kind of sheep, uh, you know, they're kind of from the cartoons, they're all fluffy and white, they look like clouds with little stick legs. Uh, And then, you know, I see them from a distance and I was like, that's sheep. And as I got closer, they were mangy, they were dirty. There was one I particularly remember that had a pussy eye. Um, (laughs) That's us. (laughs) We like to think of ourselves as all fluffy and cute and got it together. But Jesus sees us intimately. He knows us all the way down. And more than the Sunday face we present at church, he sees the stuff that you hide from others, that you hide from yourself, and he loves you. He knows the sin that makes you an enemy of God, and he loves you. It's liberating because he sees you, and yet you find mercy, that you find refuge, you find intimacy. And look at the way at the end of this passage in verse 15, how he says, just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. He speaks of the intimacy that he has known from the very beginning before the world was even created between Father, Son and Spirit. And he lifts you up into that same intimacy, that you would be known by this God, that you would be saved and that you would be elevated in the light, life and love of Jesus, the great shepherd. That is another great reason to be a sheep in Jesus' flock. What a good shepherd we have. But let me go back to how I started. Have I just summed up the ways that Christians are weak, gullible and just needing a crutch like religion? Are we just docile sheep? The kind of blind faith, opioid for the masses kind of thing? No, I don't think so. Firstly, following Jesus is not for the lazy 
unthinking disciple. Jesus calls you to respond to Him in faith and repentance, to count the cost of living for Him, to indeed carry the cross, the one He bared for you. But it's also worth saying that we're all sheep. Is Stephen Richards, the guy who wrote, you know, do you really want to be a millionaire, such a free thinker as to seek a life of quick cash? Wow, I'm inspired. We're all following something or someone. We don't have original ideas. There's nothing new under the sun. We're all worshippers being guided by some hope, aspiration or longing. And there is a long queue of people longing to fulfill that for you, but will fail. If it's power, money, sex, then that's where you tap real meaning in life and you will never get enough to satisfy. If it's truth, justice, beauty... Do you have a robust enough narrative and means to fight the good fight and not be crushed by the ways of the world? It's best we actually articulate what or who we're following because we're all followers, we're all sheep. And you need to ask the question, are they worthy? In the cross we see the fullness of what this God is like. We see His power. We see His desire to save, to hold out mercy and forgiveness. Yes, He has power to save and is the only one who can. Yes, He has considered us worthy to lay down His life for us. And yes, He knows us and loves us. I know of no other one or thing, or philosophy, or worldview, or religion, or some kind of meditation that can offer you these things, who is both powerful to save and tender to care, who walks alongside me through the valley of death and who has brought me into green pastures at cost to his own life. Do you know of anything better? In the cross we find Jesus, the Son of God, the King of Kings, and the good, good shepherd. Able to save through his own death, able to defeat the enemies, Satan, and the power of sin that otherwise means that we stand before God as sinful enemies of him and worthy of judgment. But Jesus, the good shepherd, lays down his life as a substitute so that in his death, we would not die, but instead find protection and forgiveness and be set free. Amen. That's what makes this terrible Friday and the wretched cross, good. Because the shepherd is good. You are saved. You are valued. And you are known. Will you follow this good shepherd, this great king? Because I tell you what, you know how the story ends. He didn't stay dead. He rose again to reign over sin, death, disease, and to give us new life now and forever. But that is a story for a different day. I do want to see you come back on Sunday. Uh, On Sunday, uh, as we consider the hope that we have in the resurrection of Jesus, I'm just going to give you a bit of a heads up. I'm actually going to have an open mic section of the service where we might actually share snippets of our own story 
to encourage one another about how the hope of Jesus in the resurrection has changed our lives. I'm hoping that might be a fruitful time for us to not only hear from God's Word, but to hear how His Word transforms us. But for now, let us rejoice in the goodness of this Friday because of the Good Shepherd. Amen.